0: You're watching the Tesla Life, live with your host, Mark Cuban.
1: She's never heard the intro before. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody! Everybody's lower ears out
0: there, so... <laughs>
2: Welcome to the Tesla Life, number 299. Here we are, the 22nd of... What is it? March... It it. is spring! It's spring! We made it! We made it it to spring! Equinox was
0: yesterday, yeah.
2: Welcome all to the show. And of course, we've got our newest co-host, Moto, sitting on Casey Green's lap. How are you today, Casey and baby? We're doing pretty well. She's uh, not liking anything on her head, but she wants to listen to the to the headphones. So. Wants to listen to the show.
0: Of course she does. <laughs> Number one fan.
2: <laughs> <laughs> also joining us, Mr. Patrick Connor from the Northwest. How are you today?
0: Hello. It is nice and sunny here. Uh, power walls are full, feeding the grid, and yet somehow, even though today is great, we're just, we're gonna get snow on Saturday. So who knows? This kind of year, <laughs> one day summer, one day winter. It's spring. That's what happens.
2: And when I say Northwest, I mean American Northwest. Patrick <laughs> is not up in the Yukon.
0: <laughs> no, nah, I could be North in Alaska. Alaska. No, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you
2: would not be sorry for being in Alaska. That's not not a place to be at this time of year. Although it's getting better, I'm sure. Yep. Also, a uh, hello to uh, Kenny Armor, who uh, finally set his alarm reminder and showed up yep. into the into the chat room first. Welcome, Kenny. Nice. Welcome, Derek. He
1: even beat me. Yeah. <laughs> That's the head of Casey, <laughs> uh, Casey I like I'm going to throw you. It.
0: I'm
2: going to throw you the first story, and uh, wow. hope that you can handle that one.
1: Although Patrick oh no, just... this
2: is Patrick's story. Sorry, my mistake. <laughs> my mistake. Patrick okay. Did the first story of the evening.
0: Yes, from uh, the Las Vegas Review Journal. Boring Company Maybe hits one million passengers at Vegas Convention Center Loop. So this thing's fake and it doesn't work and no one ever uses it. And it <laughs> should be. It should be a train, right? Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, <laughs> They'll never meet their contractual passengers Say otherwise. Yes. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I am sure that everyone's quite upset that they are unable to meet their contractual
0: obligations now that they hit a million passengers. That's right. Yes. So the milestone rider was Dave McPhee from Idaho. He was attending the Con Expo Con Ag trade show at the convention center, and uh, they they gave him a uh, looks like a big ceremonial ticket uh, for being a passenger, and uh, the. Uh, related to this story, they've also just announced that they are going to expand the loop. It's going to go to 65 miles and 69 <laughs> stations, so it'll be even bigger. You'll be able to get around underground in, in Vegas to more places. Uh, so the this says that the $47 million convention center loop transport ride, uh, r- uh, transports riders between the north and south and central exhibit halls of the convention center, so the convention center was only like ten times that amount, if not more. So this was a, a small fee to pay for uh, being able to get people around, and uh, and it it seems to be working great. So there you go. It's it, it is real. It is happening. It's not a it's not a myth. <laughs> right. In, in, in addition to uh, expansion plans, um, uh, I was joking about
1: them not meeting their their contractual obligations. They've exceeded them, as well mm-hmm. as they just cleared a milestone with the purchase of some land from the uh, University of Las Vegas and the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, so that they can put a boring station right on the corner of campus.
0: Oh, awesome. Yeah.
1: There's still like a hearing for complaints and uh, blah, 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 but it's one more step in that direction. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Especially uh, useful for students. You often don't have a car, Or can't afford a car and the insurance and the the gas and all that (laughs) stuff so uh yeah so being able to uh just hop in the loop and get get around town uh, that's pretty handy
2: i'm actually um i think that uh having a working uh boring tunnel loop uh that goes from the airport even just onto the main Mm -hmm. strip and just a few stops is going to propel this service leaps and bounds uh there'll be people lining up uh, to take it from the airport i think that's what they should concentrate on is going from the airport and and just going to the first stop and then get that up and running and start pushing the loop out further and further because i think it's going to be wildly successful as soon as they start servicing from the airport
0: right yeah there's a lot of different attractions in vegas and if you can hop on the loop to get around them they're all going to get more traffic and they're all going to want to be on that Absolutely,
2: yeah. Like even even if like obviously if they if they get the tunnel boring machine going, you would just have a continuing run. It like it mm-hmm. would just start to run. It would you know do thirty miles down the strip, however long it is to get into say Fremont Street, and then mm-hmm. uh, and then as you have completed a tunnel, ideally maybe have two of them going at the same pace, uh, paralleling each other. And then behind it, you're finishing the stations, you're lining the tunnels, you're putting in the lighting, you're getting ready to run, so that you can start opening it piece by piece. Uh, as the the further they go out, uh, it just extends uh, the functional use of the tunnels. Uh, let's not just put one line out and uh, you know have to complete the whole thing. Let's let's right. uh, let's do it in pieces. That would be uh, that would be more ideal if that could be done. I okay. would believe.
0: Yeah. And that's one th- cool thing about this system is you can add pieces. You don't have to, it doesn't have to literally be in a loop. You can have a spur off to the side and, and you don't have it like a train where it has to stop at every station all the time it, you can add something. And if it gets, uh, traffic, great. And if it doesn't, it doesn't slow everybody else down. Yeah. Or a,
1: yeah. or a bus where, uh, if you've right. got
0: a, a disabled person who needs more time
1: to, to get in and out comfortably, uh, you've only got a maximum of four other people or three in this case, uh, waiting on that person versus 60. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. For yeah, lots of be way more for a train.
2: Right. And of course the other thing that's really going to propel this, uh, is, uh, if you can get the autopilot running in the tunnel, it's yes. really going to, you know, once you eliminate the need for a driver for the 70 vehicles that are currently running the convention loop, that's going to make it highly profitable uh, as well. So, that's uh, another part of the puzzle that I am sure Tesla is working on. Yep. Next story, we got some details on the V four supercharger. Casey, do you know some of the details that have been announced over the past week?
0: Mister Supercharger, I bet he knows. He's <laughs> right? got
2: it, he's got a V four in his living room. I'm
1: sure. <laughs>
0: Uh, my living room's got a person in um, it right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, so I'm not seeing the link for that one. But uh, some of the things we learned about the V4 supercharger are that it's presently only giving out the same amount of power as a V3 station uh, for Teslas. But that makes sense because the Teslas that can take advantage of the V4 supercharger aren't in Europe yet where the V4s are. So you're looking at Cybertruck, which nobody outside of tesla has seen and then the uh semi-truck which currently has the wrong connector and only pepsi and tesla have them so (laughs) not in europe the the uh the most welcome part that we saw is that uh that the cable is longer almost 10 feet uh, i understand right And, 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 and and it actually attaches to the wrong side of the uh of the of the station and the reasoning for that is that uh it's already longer than what a Tesla needs because they were designed for Teslas. And now we should have less cases where somebody has to park funny to, to make it reach. Uh, because over there, they have a standard connector for everybody. Uh, I'm not saying mm-hmm. that Nax is not standard, but like everybody's got the same one, so they don't need adapters. So it's a good way here to test the hardware. And uh, on, on the V3s, they put the magic dock on to test those before they start integrating it into uh, V4s and deploying them across the North American continent. And uh what we're going to probably start to see when they start to unlock it is that um the cars with the 800 volt and uh, I don't think there are any with 1000 volt architecture out there yet, they'll be able to charge at their native speed uh, as Tesla starts to unlock these things. Um there is speculation that uh, that part of the reason they're still holding back is that the uh, the nameplate seems to be uh very similar to the nameplate on the the V3s and um, on those ones here in the states, Tesla's not overdriving them like they do uh, for the Tesla cars, where they, if it says four hundred on the sticker, they only go to four hundred volts. If it says six hundred amps, they only go to six hundred amps. And uh, with the Tesla car, they'll go to you know, you know, five hundred volts. That uh, for the Cybertruck, they'll do thousand amps, but um, something something ridiculous. And and uh, they will not do that for for the at the moment for the uh, non-Tesla cars.
2: So I understand the sticker on the side of these units uh, are actually showing up to 615... Um, is it amps? I think so. 615 that, of course, the old ones, uh, the V3s, uh, show two... two uh, yeah. Is it 500 or is it, is I believe it
1: 250?
2: Uh, I've got a picture I can pull up somewhere.
1: Okay. <laughs> I took one. <laughs>
2: other, other thing of interest is that... Um, there, the the actual stands are now mounted in the middle of the parking right. space, as opposed to down the lines uh, where the V three were in between parking spots.
0: Right. So that helps to, uh, because who knows where the charging port is going to be? Right. If it's so not you're, a Tesla,
2: your your you know larger cable length, uh, uh, coupled with it being in the middle, gives you even more flexibility. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So they're certainly building it for that, uh, going forward.
1: Right. Uh, Derek's asking for clarification where I said it's on the wrong side. So, uh, assuming you're reversed into the thing, uh, the port would be on the, the, what we call the driver side. So the car's left and, um, the cable attaches on what would be the car's right, uh, or what we'd call the passenger side. And, and that just allows way more, uh, reach for the various configurations to come across. Yeah, so the speculation is is
2: that uh, this this unit uh, could go to a 500 charging speed easily. Um, yes. they're, they're saying that, that that may be the case for. Don't think of it as as your current vehicles, but you know the Cybertruck, uh, where Cybertruck. we're expecting to see a much larger battery is going to need a faster charge time in order to fill that battery in the same time limit or limit that Tesla puts out to themselves on this uh to uh in order to uh you know keep it reasonable um not sure what's going to happen with the you know the 3s and the Ys and the uh, Ss and the Xs currently
1: the non-legacy some- ones probably bump up a little bit just like we saw where the legacies bumped up uh, above the 150 when the yeah. V3s came out uh maybe not that small of a bump but uh the question is will the upgraded V three software um, match that, so it won't make any point for the new legacy cars <laughs> or soon-to-be legacy cars uh, if it won't make any point for them to, to, to be visiting V4s or not. We'll see. Yeah,
0: yeah, and even though Tesla has, I don't know how many uh, cars in total they've made now, a couple million, uh, that's Definitely. soon going to be dwarfed uh, right? With, with the increasing production every year, so yes. even yeah. if they have a couple million that that can't charge at the full speed. Those will slowly become the minority of cars on there. So uh, that's okay if a couple cars are charging slow, as long as the others can move through quickly. That keeps the line going.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it, and then just like we saw with V threes when they came out, uh, even though the the legacy cars couldn't maximize them, they were still more consistent on them since they have the, uh, the liquid cooled cables and everything.
0: Yes, uh, exactly.
1: V four is an improvement on that. Uh, Kenny right. says the position of the V4 superchargers uh, puts them in danger zone to be bumped by cars without parking sensors. Um, mm.
0: uh, so put a nice big you know, steel you know, pole in front of it. <laughs> well, <there's laughs> that.
1: They, They've done that at, at other other locations, uh, yeah. usually because of regs. Um, but the good thing about the way that the Tesla uh, superchargers are implemented is that those posts are are literally just cables and holders. Uh, there's very little electronics in them, and and all the expensive stuff is way off <laughs> in a ditch somewhere, in a cage, whereas some of the competition, it's all right up there with the screen, with the conversion, and, and right. you knock one of them, and, and it gets real expensive real fast.
0: Right, but it still takes it offline, which is still it, a pain. It does. Yeah, it does, you're yeah, right. It's, the... it's cheaper to fix, but still, yeah. but it's down, that's a pain.
1: Yeah, but on the lack of sensors, we've got something for Teslas coming up later in the show. And for non-Teslas, most of the cars that are uh, electrified at the moment, even the base ones, tend to have a little bit of options like parking sensors, and then they'll all have a, a reverse camera um, after, what was it, 2010 or 12 for the yep.
0: uh, for the regulations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just have a nice big thing for the tires to hit to stop them. Yes. <laughs> Although with you, the, you've the backed trucks up like
1: the lightning in the in the hummer will that be enough it's funny oh, i, I it's think true.
2: i think now that i remember the the netherlands installation of the v4s i don't remember seeing any bollards in place uh, i've to only ever seen them those in,
1: chargers. in places where it's required locally i haven't i haven't seen them
2: everywhere you've only seen them in places like america where they have a lot of pickup trucks is that what you're saying ah, no no I no mean, I, we I, do even, even there pick-ups. sometimes it's not
1: but <laughs> but like if you're in a place where like everything that's electrical or gas needs it oh, gas typically needs it anyway but anything uh, electrical needs it then 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 in those counties, you'll always see it, even if it's not even anywhere near the cars.
2: Okay, we'll have to uh, have to see if that uh, changes, uh, because certainly here in Canada and the U.S., a lot of superchargers have the uh, the cement bollards in place uh, to protect the uh, the charging stalls themselves. So. Yep. Well, uh, with that, uh, I want to talk a little bit about. Giga Berlin and, uh, of course, their recent success of uh, reaching 4,000 Model Ys uh, per week. They're pushing for 5,000. Once they get to that 5,000 over a year, that will equate to about 250,000 vehicles. Um, So uh, this is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Tesla has applied uh, to uh, authorities uh, that they'd like to uh, increase the plant's production, which, of course, at this point is... Maxed out uh, with the government at 500,000 vehicles, so they're almost halfway there. Um, so they're going to get to 500,000, but Tesla is already working on the government to push them to a million vehicles from the plant per year. And uh, one of the uh, one of the interesting pieces of the application uh, was about water use, which of course is a hot issue uh, in Berlin. Uh, with these environmental groups, they they want uh, Tesla to to use as, uh, the least amount of water that it can uh, because they're trying to protect their water table uh, and what is being used. Tesla has the ability to reuse the water, therefore, get this, they'll be able to quadruple current um, production to a million vehicles and use the same amount of water that they're using today. So uh, that's going to be music to the ears of the environmentalists that want to protect the water table. Uh, because Tesla will be able to increase their amount, uh, not by increasing what they take out of the water
1: table. So, uh just uh, move the goalposts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was trying it's to be positive about then. this, Casey, and you just <laughs> come right out and say
1: that there's going to be another problem, you think. It'll be time for the secret, super secret cicada's seven-year mating cycle or something. That's
2: true. That's true. The the uh, the the one winged bat will be back uh, and and required to have a a home in the cardboard forest, and there's going to be trouble. Yep, definitely. But uh, hopefully that can help some people at least. Uh, Yes. Obviously, Tesla believes that you know they've got unlimited, basically, growth potential in Europe and having that factory, factory push out more and more models is going to be top priority. So they're not going to be stopping at 4,000, 5,000, uh 4, 5, 10,000 uh, cars per week. Uh, they're aiming for 20,000. So mm-hmm.
0: we will see. And they're smart to start the paperwork now, knowing yeah, how things have yeah. gone in
1: Germany. Exactly. <laughs> With their new paperwork uh, department
0: in, in right. Berlin. Um,
1: now, now, my... My my conspiracy theory is that uh, if it's not uh, a proxy war with the other automakers in Germany, is that uh, this is why uh, BMW pulled out of this site for their plant because they saw that they would just be bogged down year after year trying to just just build cars. And so they well, said, uh, you, you would you I'll would think it. BMW being based in Germany, they'd be well aware of uh,
2: what uh, what kind of hurdles were in front of them for factory and and having multiple factories and probably expansion plans over the last three or four decades uh that yeah. they would have
1: they would have known what the hurdles were for sure well i mean if you're doing your site survey and all of a sudden they start screaming about the water you're like we don't want this <laughs> yeah
2: i, I wonder I, I really that's an interesting thought exercise if tesla had to do it over again would they have chosen another european country uh or or even just another site in germany yeah maybe, maybe it's maybe it's regional Maybe if they were on the north side of Berlin, it would be a completely different story. Who knows? Yeah. Did we did we talk about how they're they're trying to say that the politicians are in Tesla's pocket now? Yeah. Now, now some of the environmental <laughs> groups are believing that it's going way too easy for Tesla, so they must this be getting their, <laughs> they, they must be getting uh, their palms greased by Tesla and are in Tesla's pocket.
0: I'm not so, sure these are a, these are really environmental groups. I'm I'm thinking these think are astroturf groups. In. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> David says the BMW's environmental uh, group will follow an objection over slug habitat disruption. <laughs> exactly.
2: Yes. Could be. There might Could be some be. of that. Yeah. Uh, Casey's got our next story about a supercharger that's being used for something other than just supercharging. I do. So uh, that's oh, yes, another. Oh yes, in China. Yeah. So, uh,
1: and not even by Tesla. That's right. (laughs) If you happen to be supercharging in China, um, you might be approached by some folks driving a Cadillac Lyric. Say, hey, you want to go for a test drive?
0: You might get get solicited.
1: (laughs) Uh, We've seen that happen before in other countries with Audi. And uh, and then, of course, we've seen dealerships try it here in the States. So it's nothing new, but it's the first time we've heard of it in China that that I can recall. And uh, it looks very official and brazen versus kind of ad hoc, like you find with the dealers out here, like some random salesman trying to snag a couple extra sales.
0: I uh, can't blame them. If you want to sell EVs, where are the EV drivers? Well, they're at the Tesla supercharger station. Three
2: three quarters
0: of those EV drivers are at the Tesla supercharger site. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, if their car is charging, they've got – Of a few minutes they can go for a a ride around the block they might i i I wouldn't mind taking a test drive with some of the car doesn't mean i'm going to uh buy that as my next ev but uh i I wouldn't mind checking it out i could see it as a second car situation like hey you know
1: you've got one of these how about one of these but when you look at how many of the teslas there are very new (laughs) it's like hey you want to triple up your payments (laughs) <laughs> trading straight straight in a new brand new model free for this lyric <laughs> so exactly
0: yeah.
2: but uh yeah that's that's kind of interesting uh, I remember that there is a um there's a uh, a Tesla location here in Oakville Ontario right beside it uh there is a Jaguar dealership and the Jaguar dealership decided that they were going to to uh, plaster across the side of their dealership, facing the Tesla dealership, by the way, <laughs> facing them, uh, all sorts of notes about uh, getting your electrification here at Jaguar, and it's like Tesla's right across from them. You, you're you're sitting in a Tesla lot, you're staring at it. So there's a number of different uh, tactics that uh, competition will use, and uh, this one in China is is not a, a huge surprise. But as Patrick said. It's, it's advantageous. People are sitting there for 20 minutes anyways. Why not uh, check out something else? I, I would welcome the ability to look at something else. But and again, I don't think they're getting too many people saying, well, give me your uh, key card and we'll swap you right now. I don't think that's happening. <laughs> but uh, it is uh, it is pushing others just to, to see that there's other options available. And of course, uh, owning a Tesla and being able to experience something else, there's no wrong in that. Uh, I'll, all is better uh, when uh, there's more competition. You know, the one way that this
1: will be very um, successful is if the person at the supercharger is just on a test drive, like they're on either like like, hey, show me where I'll charge this thing, or if they're on a like a weekend supercharge uh, weekend um, test drive. Like I like, I think you did it too, Patrick, right? Like, you just grab the car on a Friday so that there's nobody to return it to when <laughs> closed and uh, closed, bring back on Monday. Maybe that was just me. But I, I did I would I would always line them up with the with the holidays so that there was nobody to bring it back to. And ah. <laughs> yeah, you would well, just drop it off. As yeah. much
0: as I don't blame them, the real people they need to be courting are the people driving gas cars, right? We need yes. to move everybody over to electrification as quickly as possible. And right now there that that's such a bigger market than going after Tesla drivers who are already driving electric. So uh I'm most
1: five years old.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right and enough. and yeah, most of them don't have, uh, the, like you said, they the are new cars, or at least new to them, and so uh, they're they're not going to be looking to, to get it. If you just bought a car less than a year ago, you're not in the market, usually. Unless, like I said, it's like for a spouse or something. But even then, that's, yeah. that's a shrinking... I
1: mean, how do you know that everybody there is not single, like in Korea and Japan? Uh, not obviously, everybody, but... That's-
2: so they, maybe they should be thinking about uh, hanging out the local Wawa instead.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Their version yeah. of it, yeah. Yeah. At the hydrogen station. No, not there either. Same problem. No. Um, yeah, and the gas station. The, nobody comes by there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good point. Do they, do they do hydrogen in China? Because there's no government to bundle so. and, and bamboozle like there is in California and Japan. I mean, there's right, a government, yeah. but, like, the government is. A lot more integrated
2: there That's so a good question. I haven't heard much about that in China at all point. now that I'm thinking about it. But look it up real <laughs> quick. But yes. uh let's let's move on while you look that up. Um yes Patrick's got a story about driving on sunshine.
0: That is right. So uh as you all know I, because I won't shut up about it, I have solar panels <laughs> and uh it's it's awesome. And uh especially this time of year It's great. And um, Tesla's app, they have an update that has a new feature called Driving on Sunshine. And this is especially timely because California has recently changed their feed-in tariff rules. And it's not beneficial to solar owners anymore. And so you really don't want to feed the grid under these new rules. So here in Oregon, where I'm at, we have net metering. So if I send a kilowatt hour to the grid, then later I can use a kilowatt hour from the grid, and the two wash out, and and that's fair. Uh, that's not how it is in California with the new NEM three or whatever it is. I haven't been following it real closely because I'm not uh, in California, but uh, you do not get that same benefit when you feed the grid. You get a fraction of that as credit, and so then later if you use it, you're you're still paying the majority of it, and so. If you can avoid feeding the grid by instead pumping it into your Tesla, uh, those uh, solar kilowatt hours, then um, this app helps you do that now. So uh, it has a setting where you can drive on sunshine. So if you have surplus coming off of your roof, meaning that whatever your solar panels are generating, your home is using, you still have some left. Maybe you have a power wall that's now uh, been full. So instead of feeding the grid, you can send it into your battery pack in your vehicle and uh, drive on sunshine.
2: Yeah, that would allow you to leave the car plugged in however long it's at home, right? And it's only trickle charging into it when it gets that extra availability uh, that it's pulling. So you don't have to think about it. It's just set that uh, once it goes over a certain level, it dumps it into the car instead of uh, dumping it into the grid. That's a great idea.
1: Yeah, it has the two pins too. I'm sorry, Casey. What was that? I like the way it gives you the two pins, so you have a minimum charge. Don't let me leave without this. And then, hey, if you have extra sunshine, I want to get up to ninety eventually,
0: or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, like, I have my set to not charge until after 10 p.m. because that's when the rates drop to four cents a kilowatt hour. But if instead I wanted to do this during the day, if there's surplus, it'll fill it up. And then if it doesn't get all the way to full, if it just adds a little bit, then at 10 p.m. it'll finish and do the rest. There is a similar feature they have already today, but it it only works when in a grid down situation where you can say, if uh, if I'm getting surplus solar and the grid is down, uh, once my power walls are above 90%, then start charging the cars. And so they're really just taking that and expanding it and uh, making it more usable in its everyday case, which is really a cool idea. And this is one nice thing about having the vehicle, the power wall, your solar panels, all integrated into the same app. If these were all from different vendors, uh, then I wouldn't be able to do that. It would be or you'd have to get an Arduino and program it and have home automation and do all this other stuff to make that happen. And and, uh, unless you're a coder, that's not easy. Yeah. And even if you're a coder, that's not easy.
1: <laughs> I wonder cool. if that would work on the, um, the Gen 2 J1772, because that one's got its own uh, compute, and it can talk to the rest of the system. Mm. I wonder if you could then charge your Volkswagen or whatever. Um, obviously, you wouldn't be able to tell it when to stop, but you could say, hey, only charge on surplus. Right. And the car, so you... the car
2: would stop itself, too. Like, yeah, right, right, when it's kinda... full.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, but I mean, you wouldn't be able to say 50% to 90%. You'd be able to oh, right, say, hey, right. yes. only, only surplus.
0: Only surplus, right. Yeah, right. so if you have a, a small smart wall charger, maybe this could work with a non-Tesla vehicle. But, yeah, so the cool thing about the way Tesla did things early on was that all the intelligence is already in the car, so it could be plugged into any charger and you just say, hey, give me power. And uh, But but you're right, Casey, with a small smart wall charger, you might be able to do even more. Or at least you
1: can charge somebody for it.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a kilowatt hour. Um, spe-
1: speaking of uh, sunshine, I've got the fuel of sunshine. Uh, so the research shows that uh, China actually has the most number of hydrogen fueling stations in the world. at 250 oh, really? To, to Japan's 161. Wow. Okay. I had no idea. And I what cars do they sell there for? It? <laughs> Probably some compliance cars. Because uh... remember, their whole thing is just like, just like ours to get... Get that coal out of their country.
2: There's uh, there's four Toyotas running around the entire country.
1: <laughs> right. They're Toyotas, so they had to have, they had to have enough uh, stations for everything.
0: Yeah. There's 260 stations and 220 of them are offline. <laughs> four of them are just for show. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, right.
2: Next, uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about again, China. Um they're starting to uh, utilize the railways uh, to deliver cars. Ooh. So uh, this of course is something that, uh, that uh, many people uh, that were ordering Teslas, even here in North America, were asking why aren't they using the rail- railways to deliver uh, Tesla cars? Because of course it's more efficient energy-wise to put a number of cars on a train, uh, trailer, container, and ship them by train uh, because a train is much more efficient uh, to uh, move cargo such as cars and other things. But the question of course here in North America at the time was, does Tesla have enough clout to get these cars delivered on a certain timetable? They, obviously they want them in the customer's hands so they can get paid for them quickly. Uh, and uh, in the beginning, Tesla of course uh, was shipping everything by truck. But with volume comes discounts. So uh, with them mm-hmm. seeing in China, they're now starting to use the railways. That's starting, you know, that's letting us know that uh, volume, of course, is increasing. And they have a bigger say uh, with the railways uh, based on the number of cars that they would want to ship. And uh, that happens here in North America now as well. Some, some railways being used. And I understand that um, just recently there was a story about Giga Texas, uh, doubling a rail yard that's just uh, north of the city, about 40 minutes out, uh, that, that uh, Tesla will be used using to ship cars from Giga Texas uh, by rail. So that's, uh, that's good to see. That's just telling us, again, uh, that volumes are increasing. As Patrick mentioned a couple stories ago, there is uh, the amount of uh, cars being produced Right now, at, at you know, about 2.5 million that are sitting in people's hands, that's going to be a drop in the bucket uh, as Tesla continues to ramp on these new locations and uh, ship out more and more cars. So that's uh, I'm sure the railway is going to be used uh, all over the place a lot more as time goes along uh, based on the volumes that we expect to see.
1: I, I would think that cloud is less of a factor outside of North America with the rails. Uh, load your cars on a train car. Um, I mentioned that they, uh, they probably run on time a little better than, than ours does. now that we've, uh, deregulated the heck out of it, Could be, I'm not sure if, if China is,
2: a is, do you think China is a government run railway?
1: I don't know if they're or... government run, but I imagine that it's going to be closer to Europe than, than what we have. Okay. As far as scheduling and ownership, uh, definitely ownership. Um, and, and certainly I Europe is when it, when
2: it comes when Europe uh, when it comes to passenger rail that stuff runs by the clock. Like there's yeah. there's no doubt that's uh, a, yeah. r- a well-oiled machine when it comes to passenger rail in Europe. So if there're anything like
1: that uh, you're right watching okay, a guy in Switzerland he was complaining that the train was 30 seconds late. 30 <laughs> seconds. <Man. laughs> the nerve. <laughs> it took him
2: 30 seconds to complain. Right. So uh, <laughs> That's uh, that's something. Um, next, Casey, maybe you can comment on this story. Um, hardware Four uh, yes. has been, of course, released in the S and the X now, and uh, apparently it's showing some improvement uh, in um, in turns.
1: I'm not uh, aware of the improvement. Yeah, turns, obviously you don't have Hardware Four, but. Right. Uh, <laughs> The, the, uh, the article that we're looking at, uh, they, they included a link to some tweets where they compare the, the view of the two different cameras. And, and you can see visually why, why the car might have an easier time on the new car. Let's take a look at these, uh, at these photos here from uh, Ryan. Uh, so on the left, I believe, is the Model S. And on the right is Model 3. So we can see the colors are off. And you can see more sky, but the view is tighter than you get on the Model S. See, look at look at how much further out. Like he parked on, on, on a line or a tape. Yeah. And that, that, on that, that on tape that. on the road there, the, the dark
2: yeah. line, that is to signify where the, the camera sits. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. So I wish they would that have that had long. the other line there, like have a piece of blue tape uh, angling off to the left just so you could see the difference. I guess you can Mount kind of left. use that spot on the road. Flip back to the other one. Oh. yeah, oh, spot's yeah. gone. Oh, <laughs> darn it. <laughs> no, it's, that's yeah. one of
1: these two. Um, I think yeah, one of those is cool tough to see yeah. it, yeah. But, can see but, it but for, those
2: that, for those that don't know or haven't seen a newer S or X, the side uh camera uh on the side fender. It's it actually sticks out quite a bit further uh, than yeah. the uh, the old car. So the the actual housing of the camera sticks out a little bit more, and the camera is slightly angled differently. Not as much as I would have expected. I thought uh, even in these shots, I thought that there'd be a lot more seen, but there's just a little bit of a just a few degrees off uh, compared
1: oh, that's to why the blue. Because uh, he just found a line and parked on it. <laughs> oh, really? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just on the
0: street. <laughs> oh, okay. That was so uh, there. that's I kind see. of
2: kind of interesting. That uh, it's uh, the hardware has been adjusted. Uh, the camera angle, uh,
1: the cameras themselves, uh, yeah, have been, the have been changed. Yeah. They're so, five megapixels now instead of one point two. Yeah. And the so full color gonna instead be, of
2: that's going to be sorry, interesting to see, and of course. That begs the question, as time goes along, mm-hmm. will hardware for vehicles be better adapt at driving in reality compared to hardware three vehicles? Is there going to be a big difference? I would say,
1: uh, I don't know about big, but at the very least, we'll definitely start to notice the difference in capabilities between the two. Uh, David says, it's worrisome for those of us with narrower camera coverage. Will our FST driving be safe uh, with P3 hardware and v 4 software? Exactly. And I still contend that if, um, even though Tesla's moved the, their own goalposts as far as what we, what we were promised, they if they try to walk this back too far. They expose themselves to liabilities. And uh, yeah, we all, not all, but a lot of us signed arbitration agreements when we bought the car. Um that alone will still cost them dearly to have to fight that if they do the wrong thing. oh yeah
2: if if there if there is a
1: difference in the eyes of the law over
2: what can be run in an autonomous mode and what can't uh then tesla is definitely going to have a whirlwind uh attacking them over you know some hardware is not up to snuff uh for what they promised
1: And, and elon saying oh your car can go make a payment for you um as a robotaxi, yes, that was speculative, but he did say it at Tesla events. Uh, it was Elon speaking, not Tesla speaking. But I have a feeling that that some lawyer can 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 fix that up
0: right quick. <laughs> yeah, if nobody corrected get, him. <laughs> yeah, if if they get FSD working with hardware four, but not hardware three, it, there's no question in my mind that for the people that have paid for FSD, they will get camera upgrades for free. It, right. And that was that was you know conditional on if they can make it work with four but not three, yeah, then, right. of course, they're going to do those upgrades. And They've and done it with can... the computer system once already. Exactly.
1: And there's two things I can easily do right there is, one, like, like Patrick said, upgrade our cameras to the same new cameras. And then, two, uh, they'll have to make a separate run of the boards for us. Uh, uh, they'll have to make a run for warranty. They'll have to make a run for everybody who's already paid. And they'd be smart to make a run for the people who might – Give them 15, 20 thousand or whatever they're going to charge tomorrow for the uh, software, to to just be able to just pull a board off the shelf, drop it in, and collect that easy cash. Um, mm-hmm. Derek is asking if the rear camera's got an upgrade as well or a rain guard. The answer is, sort of. Uh, so it's, it's got the new cameras with the with the uh, upgraded uh, megapixels and, and 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 view. The view is is not changed much, and and because of that, I imagine that the uh, ability for it to suck in dust while it's raining and drizzling is probably the same. Uh, the cart takes in the rear view camera, but it doesn't actually do much navigating with it versus the the side repeaters, which you can see, as you can see here,
0: way out the back of the car. Yeah, I wonder if it uses it when you're backing into a parking spot with. Uh... Oh, it definitely does. I've had enough water yeah. on
1: mine when they switched me from ultrasonic auto park to vision auto park, and mm-hmm. the car refused to park. It, it saw it, mm-hmm. it's it was like, hey, you want to try I'm like, yeah, try It's like, nah, stop. <laughs> I went out and took a paper towel that I had next to me, or a uh, fast food napkin, I don't remember which, uh, blotted it off, and then put it back in reverse. It's like, yep, oh, here we go, and it, it all apart. So it's
0: not zero, yeah. but
1: it, it definitely doesn't use it as much as the other cameras, because they know it's got a, a certain flaw with...
0: Uh, <laughs> I figure needs voice. something to blow some air on that or something. Uh, the, the camera's can't be blocked by rain. They have to have some way to fix this. Well, I've
1: noticed that the the side cameras rarely get uh, water issues. Like it has to be like something really big coming up next to me and splashing it. Uh, The B-pillars, they do get uh, rain, but again, because of where they are, and they're they're vertical and they're flat, they they dry off pretty quick. The the front cameras have the windshield wiper. The back is the only one that doesn't have some sort of protection. And uh, Nissan's got a solution to this. They had it back before the Leaf yeah. came out. Uh, they would actually just dribble a little bit of water up against the glass, and it was enough to keep it keep it the uh, clear, optically
0: clear. And uh, right, yeah, if you get a nice laminar flow over it, then it's, it's, exactly. it's yeah, yeah, it doesn't so love laminar it flow. License that. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. you have
2: to drive around with a four gallon bucket of water uh, to <laughs> refill it. If, if the drip isn't quite right, a- you're going through a lot <laughs> of fluid,
1: right? <laughs> I'm no, 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 no I'm green washing <laughs> fluid. Only clear water
0: or yeah, green. yeah, no
2: green. Yeah, exactly. Green or blue, no good.
0: I have a small uh, rain collector on the roof.
1: <laughs> actually, I think I think that was something they did on one
0: of the, the versions of that system overseas. Is that oh, really? They did they can rain water, Yeah. Because that's when you thing. need it is when it's raining, and when it's right. raining, you've got a water supply.
2: <laughs> and that kind of leads us into our next story, and that is about uh, Tesla putting out an update. Uh, for yes. some, only for some, uh, that uh, uh, helps with the uh, parking assist, uh, the, with the people that are missing the ultrasonic sensors. So I guess this is um, uh, a piece of software that they've shown. There's been a couple of photos, people talking about it. And I think it's only people that pay for FSD are getting this this particular update at this time um i'm sure that will change but this of course is tesla testing it with a limited amount of people i assume um but uh this uh this now uh it's a great picture here uh showing uh how close you are to other objects uh and not uh just the front or the back uh now it's even indicating some sort of uh distance from side view as well so uh this is uh this is something that of course people have been asking for the people that bought their vehicles not realizing the ultrasonic sensors were were gone uh well, yeah okay how can I put this with, with with somebody that has it has the ultrasonic sensors like my car like Patrick's like Casey's yes you start to rely on it like it, oh, it's, absolutely. It's, it's something that you're thinking you know when mine says you know, 30 centimeters, I know I'm uh, within a foot of the garage wall, you know, or the so lawnmower or You're whatever. Whatever's in front anymore. of me, right? And, <laughs> yeah. and if I was to lose that ability, that would be disheartening. Uh, but someone who buys the car and has never used it yet, maybe it's a little bit less disheartening because you never had it when you bought the car. Um, you might have had it in your old car, uh, right. but. Uh, Certainly, maybe it's not as off putting as uh, it being taken away from somebody if they never had it. So, right. this is the case. Uh, some of these cars, of course, never had it, uh, yeah. but they're now coming out with the update uh,
1: that will allow them to see the distances. But a lot of the complaint is coming from people who either A had it on their old car or B worse is the people that they've convinced to, to upgrade their Tesla and ah. so been using it for five years. Right. They don't have it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um i'm yeah. noticing in in the graphic that we're seeing here yes it is showing you the exact inches but i'm also noticing that um uh, is that is that gap there because of the blind spot or is that how far they actually are from the obstacle especially when you look here the the heat map on the cars versus i i would think it is
2: out. i would think it is automated so you're good you're going to see or i'm sorry animated uh so it, it will move with the uh the 40 oh, yeah, inches. Like ours As do. It shrinks yeah
1: but i'm wondering yeah. if 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 that uh distance is is uh, is a representative
2: of taking... forty inches?
1: Like how, how big is
2: forty inches? That's like uh that's yeah. like three and a half feet.
1: Yeah, because look how far it is uh from the rear of, of these other cars. But I'm wondering uh That might be three and a half feet? solution for the yeah. blind spot though. Because remember, it can't see this. I mean it can see as you pull in, but like once you turn well, it on...
2: Okay, which which leads to the question, how do they know it's forty inches? If they can't see that part's
1: probably stuff. pretty easy. Because uh, you've got the ultra-wide, you've got the narrow, or or the bi-cameras on the new cars, and, um, and then you've got the, the B-pillars, they can also see to, to the front as well.
0: Right. So they could see that as they were moving in. They've put it, mapped it all into vector space, so they know how far they've moved. Yeah. So I think that's that 40 inches is where they expect you to stop before that. That's probably to some obstacle, or to the end of the parking spot, or whatever they've determined where you where should
1: go. Where all of us, we get
0: the big stop with the beep. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> probably. exactly. Yeah, but, but then when you this restart
1: is... the car, how does that... Oh, what happens there?
0: <laughs> right, yeah, so does it have that memory? And well, you, you should be going the other way anyway. So <laughs> Doesn't care. Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> That's probably... Yeah. I think the memory is probably the better way to go on that one,
1: yeah. <laughs> but again, we saw that demo where the guy had the, the spare tire. He put, closed the garage door, put the spare tire down, opened the garage yeah. door, and the car's like, oh, you're clear to go. But yeah. he wasn't.
0: right yes you do have to actually uh uh look around yourself a little bit once in a while
2: (laughs) it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see if uh, because because those tests are going to happen immediately whoever gets Mm -hmm. this uh, first they're going to be testing that out because uh they want to know uh, everyone wants to know uh, if there is an object there you know is it going to notice it if it's like like uh, casey had mentioned tire laying on the ground that uh, showed up uh, when the car was off uh right or the and it was blocked was from closed. view so
1: it couldn't even like snapshots yeah. to see what's going on because there was exactly the yeah so I, I was gonna be interesting this, to see though, the the semi and cyber truck don't have this problem because they both have bumper cameras right mm-hmm. but i was well, i was really surprised you know when we saw how many cameras Hardware 4 has yeah you thought it... Harbor 4 at least not have uh an yeah. alternative camera Well, maybe uh, that's going to be
2: left up to uh, Hardware 5. But uh, I guess we'll have to see how successful this is. uh, And uh, if there is issues, uh, then we may see an update. Yeah. But uh, we'll wait. We'll wait and see. See if it starts to uh, get into the public's hand and uh, find out uh, how everyone else is enjoying it or or seeing if there's any issues that others are, are finding.
1: There's some normal people with it if Green's able to get a hold of it. Yep. Next. Uh... Oh, wait, real quick, real quick. Uh, David yep. pointed out that uh, the insistence on downgrading the ability to use ultrasonics is very annoying. Pennywise and pound foolish to eliminate the sonic sensors. So I'll, I'll say that um, according to the Sandy Rose people, they're, they're saving between 200 to $600 per car in sensors, um, pucks, painting hardware, uh, and labor. And what was really happening was probably they they didn't get the chips for the for the ultrasonic, so they just cut them out because this doesn't seem. Uh, I mean, I get it with the wipers. Uh, they probably thought that they would be better at at, at the, uh, the the vision wipers than than they actually were, but uh, the way they removed the ultrasonics doesn't seem to be quite that same uh, planned out caliber of a decision. Uh, but once they get it dialed in, like, the cameras are very good at, at, at measuring stuff, and they they will see stuff except for in the blind spot that the ultrasonics will miss because the ultra have a kind of a, a height problem. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think, I wonder what the backstory is there, Casey, because what you said makes a lot of sense, uh, because I'm sure that if they had a plan to remove them and this was, their solution was use cameras, why wouldn't they have waited until the camera solution was done? Or at least imminent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Instead, uh, they were like, Oh, well, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Let's right, we'll jump like, out six, of the plane and we'll build yeah. the parachute on the way down. It'll be fine. <laughs> don't don't <laughs> worry, we'll get to you. Don't
2: worry.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> and, and and then also there's the, the, the fact
1: that, that Model X still has some ultrasonics, even though the bumpers don't have it. You've got the the, the one of the what I call the belly button. When you're looking down at the car, the spine has got one puck up there. And then you've got the two sensors in the Falcon Wing doors that actually see through the metal. Mm-hmm. And um, So I've still got three ultrasonic sensors, but that's a lot cheaper than than, than what's, 18 of them? Yeah. Excuse, uh, excuse. mimicking
2: my gesticulations. <laughs> Off to Texas. Of Texas. Course, uh, we've got a notification, apparently, that a, a new uh, shipment from IDRA has arrived in Houston area uh, by ship. And uh, yeah. this, of course, is uh, Giga Texas' second 9,000-ton uh, GigaPress, uh, which is expected at the GigaFactory within about 30 days, uh, uh, if if equal to the shipping time uh, the last for the first one. So uh, we can expect that uh, they're in preparations at uh, Giga Texas, getting ready for the mounts uh, to uh, place this new IDRA machine. Uh, so now they'll have two. Uh, and of course, that's music to everyone waiting for a Cybertruck because that mm-hmm. theoretically doubles production, uh, the amount uh, that can be produced. So uh, that's uh, fantastic news.
1: I think it might actually be faster than the first one because uh, a good portion of the original was, was waiting on the foundations to cure. And uh, I would imagine that it makes sense to pour both foundations at the same time. It would make sense, definitely, if they knew, unless, of course,
2: they weren't completely sure about placement until the first one was assembled. But even then, they could have put the uh, the uh, the base in place uh, shortly after they were they were happy uh, with the uh, first one uh, the way it was operating. So yeah, yeah. But that is uh, good news again. More information about Cybertruck. We we know it's coming. So it'll be another story that came out this week was uh about people saying beware of uh, hoaxes of uh cyber mm-hmm. truck production lines uh because <laughs> some some had uh with photoshop had replaced other cars with cyber trucks and uh made replaced uh, rockets changes, with cyber truck? <laughs> replaced rockets with cyber trucks wow. so uh there's a, a number of different people trying to uh, sell the ability that uh, they've seen the production line and here's some some unique photos uh, from the factory. So uh, it's not uh, not the case. Keep an eye on Photoshop stuff. Ah, here's, here's the story that I like this week. And this, of course, is uh, some notification uh, from sales prices of Model mm-hmm. 3s that the price of used Model 3s is starting to drop uh, and drop in an affordable way. Uh, we've seen drops in prices somewhere between uh, in this case 15 to 20 percent which is a sizable drop over the last two months absolutely now, this is uh, this is something great uh, if you're in the market for a used car we've seen previously that uh, during the pandemic uh, uh, craziness we saw that uh, used cars were more expensive than new cars because you could get them quicker but uh, this, is, uh, this is something that uh, is getting a little bit closer to reality. As, as cars age, they typically drop in price uh, and go to a secondary used market. And this is starting to look to be the case at this point with the Model 3. And, and another reason for that could be, and I wanted to find out your guys' uh, thoughts on this, was is this also because hardware 4 has been introduced And we've been told that the current Model 3 and Model Y will have no transition to hardware four. So now there's this this cutoff where they're saying that's really older technology will be moving forward with hardware four. Therefore, cars with hardware three start to get a larger discount as time goes along.
1: Welcome to legacy, my friend. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, oh man i was I'm so sad to hear that because i've you know i i i I've, I've, even though the car my car is almost five years old it still it's still seems, older than my seems brand new to me but uh <laughs> it's uh yeah i guess at some point you you move from uh, new to legacy and uh i'm thinking that's that's definitely going to be the cutoff point
1: I've been legacy since Raven and you you you've been trucking along as if nothing was happening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is one nice thing about all those software up updates. It, it it helps keep it feeling fresh and new. It does keep it feeling fresh. Uh, so I I'm I, sure
1: I, I wasn't one of the safest drivers, but I did get the uh the update. And um
0: neither oh, you system have can V11. I have V11, yeah.
1: baby. Uh, oh, I still don't. Lucky you. Oh, I'm sorry. The uh, <laughs> It doesn't really handle this town all that well, but it does handle it better than than uh, 10.69.2. Whatever, uh, and 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 uh, and I, like I've been saying is like a, I don't think that the Elon fanboys are, are exaggerating when they say they have these perfect drives. I just think they're not driving anywhere near where I drive because I've been in a couple different cities where it is perfect, or you know maybe one or two corrections a day or a week versus here. I have to correct it. At least once per drive, let alone per day.
0: And, yeah, uh, and that's uh, even on the new one. The yeah. California has a lot of coverage. Uh, where you're at, not quite as much. <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle of anti
1: EVville. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, yeah. So, that, t- Mark, to answer your question, I'm sure there are a few people who traded in because they just always have to have the latest and greatest Tesla. But um, used car prices are down across the board. It's not just a Tesla thing. And uh, we saw used car prices spike as uh, the availability of, of new cars were having all kinds of chip problems and other um, supply chain issues, which, which meant there weren't as many new cars, which put pressure on the used car market, which caused prices to jump. And then, of course, if you're buying a new car, of course, you're going to think about the new technologies. So EVs, uh, even more so than, than uh, ICE cars, had a price spike. And it's nice to see that finally leveling out.
2: Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, obviously for people who were selling their cars, it was a, it was a plus, but for, for people in the secondary market that were trying to get into the EV market mm-hmm. through a, uh, a lightly used uh, vehicle, it was bad news. So uh, I'm, I'm certainly glad to see that uh, these prices are starting to level down somewhat and mm-hmm. uh, get back to more of a normal used car price expectancy at least.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: So that's a that's a plus and uh i will be interested to see that that of course with so many model 3s on the road uh, as we said there you know there's probably a million model 3s out there uh if not a little bit more uh then uh that's that's a lot of uh addition to the used car market there's going to be a mm-hmm. lot of different chances to get yourself a model 3 and uh because uh it's because of the less moving parts and the lower maintenance, um, I'm thinking that uh, a lot of people could get their introduction to an EV uh, by looking uh, to get one of these vehicles because of the lower maintenance. It's going to be a yeah. it's going to be a windfall for some people, and uh, I know I would certainly be uh, happy uh, to uh, to get a used uh, Model Three uh, because of the uh, the maintenance that I've seen so far with my car.
1: So mm-hmm. this
2: would be this would be one to be
1: way more comfortable. Recommending as a used car over, uh, like somebody says, "Hey, I got a choice between this and a Model Three and and uh, something else." I would say, as long as the Model Three isn't showing that it's been in a wreck and it's got the features you want and it's in the budget, I would just go for
0: the Model Three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Derek just mentioned that he just got the Tesla app update on his phone. Uh, is that Android or iPhone? Because uh, they tend to roll things out on iPhone first, Android. They later. do. Which is weird. Because you know yeah. Elon's friends uh, with,
1: with Google people, and like it's well, more of their open source mantra. And but there are more valid, iPhones out
0: there. Validation's easier on iPhone. There are fewer models right. to confirm, fewer screen resolutions. It's just a lot easier to go through testing. Yeah.
2: Next, Patrick's got a story for us out in California. A little bit of an update, I guess.
0: That is right. Yes. So, you all know that I love clean energy and uh this is a story that comes to us from Oxnard, california so back in 2021 uh somebody there wanted to put a peaker plant right next to one of their beautiful beaches so to have this uh fossil spewing device next to the beach this is the kind of thing that environmental <laughs> groups really should protest. And they did. See how that works? Yeah. They're protesting. <laughs> See that Germany? Fuels. Yeah. <laughs> Take some notes here, people. This is the kind of thing you should be fighting against. Not Tesla. Uh, so, and the environmentalists there in Oxnard, uh, California won. And instead of having a, a gas peaker plant installed and peaker plants, are are the worst uh, because they uh, aren't running at uh, full capacity all the time which means they're not warmed up i mean it's just like when you start your car right the worst if you have a gas car let me, right. let me rephrase that right. you, <laughs> you, yeah that when you start your car <laughs> cuz we all drive teslas no but uh, that's with the ice block on <laughs> it's the most polluting and mm-hmm. and peaker plants only operate for these short periods of time when the grid is stressed and well, what's a better way to supply that? Batteries. So that's exactly what they got here uh, in Oxnard. And it's 142 megapacks. And this project was launched in 2021, results of the local community. And Tesla put out a video explaining that whole process and how the community fought for it and got what they wanted. And uh, it has 100 megawatt of battery uh, capacity possible and uh what was the total um that was energy out there was also somewhere in here where it said oh, maybe it's in the video mm-hmm. uh say again uh, the one Is the it... they would they would use uh, energy and then power right. yeah, w- yeah yeah um so uh yes it's 100 a megawatt and 200 megawatt hours i think that's uh right. Yeah, so these are excels then. Oh, if that's what it if one hundred and forty two of them adds up to that, then yeah. So, uh, the really cool thing about this is with with batteries, they can respond within milliseconds. Yeah, right. And that's not the case with the peaker plant, right? You have to have especially if it's uh, cold. If the peaker plant has to turn on, then it has to warm up, then it has to synchronize to the grid,
1: and then you can export
0: power to it. Right. That can yeah, be minutes, so like a, 30 minutes there's a lot of analog <laughs> things that have to happen there and during which time you're having a brownout or a rolling blackout or or some other problem and uh, then you might have other places that are over capacity then you blow a transformer then even if you get this online you have transmission problems and so uh, having batteries that can respond in milliseconds is is just a much better system altogether and this so yeah. this has replaced a peaker plant. And so it's not spewing emissions. It's better for the grid. The community's been very happy with it. And I just thought that was a cool story to share with you all because this is how we get to our future free from fossil fuels. (laughs) Yes. Uh, One other thing that you often hear
1: come up uh, as a complaint is like, oh, batteries don't make power, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Two things with that. One, the batteries can soak up the uh, the the excess generation from renewables a lot better than, than the, the grid as a whole can. Absolutely. Can just sink it So the grid can just keep doing what it does. And now right. with these peaker plants just being off, uh, you can now lean on your base load at night. So, so the, the battery can still help that out as needed, but uh, you, it's a lot harder to shut down a nuclear plant or a hydro plant or wh- whatever you're using for base load where you are, uh, or you can just use less coal if you're on a West Virginia or something like that. And so so yes the battery doesn't itself make power but it's big enough and it's got a a large enough sink that Mm -hmm. that that you can eliminate a peaker plant so it doesn't need to generate power but it could still stabilize the grid
0: right yeah the way the electricity grid works without storage is in real time you have to generate exactly what's being used and that is very it's it's amazing that we have our electricity grid that works at all without (laughs) storage uh but with storage uh, you can have a delta there, and storage can fill in the gap. It can absorb the surplus. It, it makes the grid so much easier to manage for the people who have to uh, match supply and demand. It's, uh, it solves so many problems. And like, yeah, I, I'm uh, going to say
2: that. Yeah, I'm going to say that over time with these plants, uh, this one in Oxnard, of course, the original one in uh, West Australia. Uh, mm-hmm. And more being added to the grid. There's there's a new one happening here in Ontario, uh, which will be nice. the biggest in the province. Uh, all these different examples of Tesla battery packs uh, are are waking the utilities up. Uh, this mm-hmm. is uh, my my guess will be that this will be second nature to anybody that's designing the grid going forward. They'll be looking to reduce or eliminate peaker plants by putting in these different battery backups across. Uh, in this case, North America. Uh, having them in all different uh, uh, geographic locations uh, in the country will just increase the resiliency of our electrical grid over and over, uh, and uh, and they'll all be happy to get rid of the peaker plants because they're costly, uh, mm-hmm. they're they pollute, uh, and they're uh, they're trouble to keep maintained uh, mm-hmm. because since the since they are only run at a certain amount of time just to bridge gaps. That means that uh, the equipment is not always in top shape, but yet it has to be. So they're constantly maintaining it and replacing yep. parts and putting in new, different bits uh, because it has to be ready at you know a moment's notice. But with the batteries, it's just it's it's almost going from an analog system to an electronic system. It's so much of a difference in time and the ability for it to take and send charge uh, from it. So. It's just a huge plus, uh, and and there, there's the obvious one: the peaker plant doesn't have the ability to take a charge in. If there's right. that's true, <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't matter how much you shut it off; it's not taking extra in. Uh, the battery has the ability to Without take breaking. it in and send it out.
1: So, right. yeah, the, the, I think this is also going to be a case like we see with all these all these police departments and municipalities that are buying Model Threes and Model Ys. Is that we'll see. But the power companies have, have talked to the ones in Australia that are not just you know not having to these these expenses with the peaker plants. They, they are also making a greater profit directly off the batteries, right? Uh, battery yeah. after battery that they put in, like every single one is turned a profit in under a year from from all the all the news articles we've been reading.
2: Exactly, exactly. Well, that uh, about wraps it up for today. So uh, mm-hmm. let's go with um, if you haven't already, please give us a thumbs up. Press that subscribe button. That helps us out. Doesn't cost you anything, and we would really appreciate it.
0: Patrick, any shout outs for the end of the show? Sure. Uh, I blog at carswithgourds.net. Come check that out. And I happen to have a whole uh, section going right now on big batteries, why they're important, and uh, what's happening to their prices, and how they impact the grid. So uh, I like big batteries. Check it out. <laughs> and, <laughs> And as always, I'm with the Oregon Electric Vehicle Association. You can find us at oeva.org, And that is who Cadillac should go and be talking to, is uh, EV clubs. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They would love to have your
0: Cadillac there to show
2: to uh, uh, members and people that have interest in EVs. Exactly. Very good. Very good. Casey and Baby, any shout
1: outs for the end of the show? Yeah, yeah, you can catch us over at YouTube.com at Casey Green on Sundays at 110 Eastern, and we've recently done our clock fiddling over here in the States, so uh, for our uh, visitors outside of the States, uh, we may be showing up an hour earlier or later than, than you're used to. <laughs> and, then, and then again when you play with your flocks, assuming that your country is also into that bar- barbarism. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: very good, very good. Uh, I want to thank everyone out there uh, in the chat room. Thanks for joining us. Yes, next week, uh, David, is our 300th show. So uh,
0: mm-hmm.
2: we've uh, just got a regular show lined up. Nothing nothing special, but uh, please uh, come and join us and uh, in the chat room, as you have today. And uh, we will discuss next week what's happening in the Tesla life. Good night, everyone. And thanks, Lee Moon, for the music that we use every week for 300
1: episodes. Yes, thank you, Liam. Stay positive. Test negative. There, we Can we stop playing the time change game? I am an advocate for that. Uh-huh. I'm uh, <laughs> getting in the politics yeah. just for that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>